0: all right well we have had a time of it today uh with zoom glitches but uh we're going to get things going here and uh yeah we're gonna do what we uh do what we do get into the word of god this morning so let's open up with prayer i think i need it well father uh thank you for once again this medium that sometimes works great and sometimes is glitchy, but uh, we're still here. Thank you for that. Thank you that we can gather in your name, Lord, to worship you, to hear, Lord, from your word. And we ask, Lord, your grace upon us today. Speak to our hearts, Lord. We just give you this time and give you this day in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, I don't know if you guys all remember it, uh, but a number of years ago, there was a series of commercials on TV where someone was leaving a party, and you could tell they obviously had too much to drink and wouldn't be able to drive safely. And in those commercials, a friend would come up to them and uh, somehow get their keys away from them uh, or you know, either offer to call them a cab or offer to drive them home. And if you remember, uh, I can't hear your feedback, but do you remember the slogan from those commercials? Friends don't let friends drive drunk, right? Not always easy though, is it? Um, to be a friend, to, to do the right thing. Um, but the, the message is, If you're a real friend, if you really care, then you're going to do what's needed to help your friend out, to keep them safe. Uh, The downside of that is, is that we as human beings, uh, we don't like to be told we can't do what we want. Uh, We don't like to feel corrected. It's just part of our insecurity i think that comes from uh the fall of man and uh we uh, it, it makes things awkward it makes things difficult but proverbs 27 6 this is a, a phenomenal verse to keep hidden in our hearts keep hidden away uh from the new living it says wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy As you know, I've mentioned my friend Mike once or twice. Uh, One day we were out uh, working together and and Mike pulls a roll of Lifesavers out of his pocket and he says, hey, Ron, would you like a mint? I said, no, thanks. And he says, look at me. I looked at him, he goes, please, I insist. (laughs) And uh, I said, oh, okay. So assuming that I had uh, pretty bad breath, I was able to understand and able to accept, you know, what he was telling me. Uh, He had a smile on his face. But that's what true friends do, right? Um, But also, Mike was one of those guys that could say to me, hey, Ron, you know, uh, are you being too critical in this situation? Or, you know, you're putting somebody else down. Is that something that you really want to do? And part of me wanted to defend my position. Part of me wanted to say, yeah, I have every right to say what I'm saying or do what I'm doing or whatever. But there was another part of me that knew that Mike was a true friend, a person not only who was my friend, but a person who genuinely cared for others and who honestly himself sought a godly life. So I valued his input. Uh, But I've also learned through the years as one in leadership that there's no way you can make everybody happy, that whatever decision you make, uh, it's not going to be popular with 100% of the people. Um, There will always be those who disagree and may be critical. But one important lesson that I've learned and am still learning um, is that every bit of criticism has an element of truth in it, and though it can be difficult uh, like I said, I'm still learning to be thankful for criticism and to bring that to the Lord and uh, be able to say, "Hey Lord, you know uh this is what this person said you know it 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 kind of hurt, but uh, talk to me about this uh what what about this is true, and what do you want me?" do about it where do i need to go from here Uh, again in proverbs chapter 12 verse 1 says whoever loves discipline loves knowledge but he who hates reproof is stupid (laughs) why is that uh rather blunt from the new living um because we can avoid problems down the road if we are open to correction and we can also Really, if you think about it, we can miss a chance to be better. Isn't that what we want? Don't we want better lives, more godly lives, lives that bear fruit? Uh, we want to be better at our job, better at being a spouse, better at whatever, right? Uh, and good constructive criticism can go a long way uh for that. So I'm using all that as an intro to lead into this next section in our study in the book of John. Uh, This can be a difficult passage for a lot of people uh, because in it, Jesus doesn't exactly fit our image of that meek and gentle, loving Savior. Uh, Let's look at it. John chapter 2, beginning of verse 13. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. So the Jews said to him, What sign do you show us for doing these things? And Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, It has taken 46 years to build this temple. You will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. All right, so. Here is meek and mild Jesus with this cat of nine tails, throwing the temple into absolute chaos, right? Um, he's upset. He's angry. And this just doesn't, again, this just doesn't fit our mold. Um, but let's, let's look at what's going on here. It's Passover. This is the largest celebration of the year in Jerusalem. Jews from all over the world. Uh, are coming together to celebrate the Exodus, to celebrate their deliverance from Egypt uh, by the mighty hand of God, and it and it's it's like Times Square uh, in New Year's, right? People everywhere. There's feasting, there's merrymaking, and there's also worship because people have come here to Jerusalem. This is where the temple is, right? Uh, this is the place where he caused his manifest presence to dwell in the holy of holies, uh, and this is where people would gather again uh, at this time of the year from all over the world. So, um, this is where the high priest was, right? Where where, where they all the Jews would um, would um, come to offer their sacrifices. They're still observing the sacrificial system, and People are sacrificing to the Lord for for their sins, according to the law, but also according to that law, animals that were sacrificed had to be absolutely perfect. They could not be blemished. They couldn't have any deformity. They couldn't have any spot. They couldn't have any whatever. Uh, Why would, otherwise they'd be rejected, but why was that? They may not have realized it at the time, but they were, that act was a prophetic act um looking ahead to Jesus looking ahead to him as the Messiah Jesus had to be perfect he had to be without sin he had to be without blemish otherwise he couldn't have been an acceptable sacrifice to take our sin because he was already stained with his own he had to be perfect and every time they offered that perfect sacrifice they were looking ahead at what their Messiah would ultimately accomplish um, so therefore, all the animals that were brought uh to be sacrificed, they were inspected. And if they were imperfect, they were rejected. And you couldn't have that. So they had some pre-inspected animals right there at the temple, sheep, goat, dove, whatever it was that you were offering, um, that you could substitute um, for a price. Aha. The light goes on. It didn't take long before someone realized that there was a great deal of money to be made by flock owners, inspectors, temple officials, etc. Uh, plus, if you came from a foreign country and you were buying one of these pre-inspected animals, either either because yours was rejected or because you didn't want to travel that kind of distance, well, then you had to have your money changed into the opposite currency. And there were people there that changed money that would be more than happy to help you out um, for a price. (laughs) So we see what's going on here. This is supposed to be worship. This is supposed to be people humbling themselves, drawing near to God, celebrating his faithfulness, coming with a humble heart, strengthening their personal relationship with him as they, as they, put sacrifices for their sins to get that thing out of the way so they could start anew with God. And their own priests and their own teachers have allowed this to become a business, a way to line their pockets. And even worse, it was a way for them to take advantage of their fellow believers. What are they doing? They are denying the very God that they're supposed to be worshiping, right? So do you think Jesus had cause to be upset, (laughs) to be downright angry? Yeah, they've taken something that is holy and sacred and life-giving, and they've turned it into something ugly. They're acting as if God himself is someone to be played while they cash in. Now, if that was me, the ground would have opened up and just swallowed them whole. I mean, you know, that's me. Uh, But God uh, is incredibly patient. And we see that God, all through the scriptures, he gives warnings. He gives wake-up calls, both to individuals and to nations. Um, You know, I I think in a lot of ways, this coronavirus is a wake-up call to this generation. I'm not saying that God started it, but he certainly is using it. To wake us up, to show us that all these things that we had in place, things that we took for granted, things that we thought were carved in stone, poof, right they're all gone um you can't you can't shake a hand, you can't hug somebody, you can't just go to church, you can't just go to the store, you can't just go to school all these things that we just thought were 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 just there, just gone, right. How much we don't control, I remember one time I was driving down the road in the North country um, around the Fort Drum area. And all of a sudden I I caught sight of a couple of F-16s that were flying. I just love to watch those guys do maneuvers. So I'm driving down the road and I'm watching those things. And all of a sudden I happen to look down and there is a row of taillights staring me in the face. I've come up on an intersection. I'm going about 60. Okay. Um, Somehow. Somehow, miraculously, I was able to get off the road, down a rather unsteep embankment, um, and live. (laughs) I I, I don't even want to think about what would have happened uh, had I not looked down at that precise moment. But other times, and you may relate to this, other times I've done other stupid things, or I've gone down paths uh, when I knew better. When I knew God was saying, uh, don't do that, don't go there. And I did it anyway. And I faced consequences for my actions, right? Um, sometimes that wake up call isn't too pleasant, but you know, sometimes it's exactly what we need, isn't it? And that's the thing over against the backdrop of our loving, Compassionate Jesus who heals the sick, who feeds the 5,000, who who reaches out to the despised and the rejected and the lonely and and, and gives them value and and changes their lives. Over against that backdrop is the same Jesus who loves us enough sometimes to get in our face, to say, I'm sorry, This, this can't go on. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting others and you're just not listening to me. It's time for a wake up call. Aren't you actually glad that we have a Savior like that that cares enough? I sure am. But I'm also glad that He speaks to us through His Word. That in those times of prayer, we can come before Him and He can speak to us before we need the wake up call, right? Before we need to face consequences, that that still small voice of the Holy Spirit can speak to us and say, Ron, don't go there. Don't keep doing this. This isn't good for you. Right? I love that verse from Hebrews 4.16, that you and I can come boldly before the throne of grace to receive mercy and grace to help in time of need. Mercy. Mercy comes from the cross. Mercy comes because our sins are forgiven because of Jesus. But then that grace to help in time of need. Let's show you, Ron, where you got off the path. Show you where you took a detour. Show you how you got there so that you don't, so that we can get you back on the path and avoid that pitfall the next time, right? Thankful. Thankful. For a god who's willing to talk to us not just not just watch us with that baseball bat in his hand right uh you're gonna get it uh no he wants to help us to avoid trouble he's a good father a good good father That'd make a good song um so this is this is our savior this is our jesus he is the one who. Is not only the healer and the compassionate one who, who who knows our frame that we're but dust, who who is uh, touched by the feelings of our infirmities, who knows our weaknesses and our struggles, and is there to give us mercy. But if you and I persist and we shut down that still small voice, I am thankful that we have a God who's willing to step in and get in our face and say, "Hey." Enough's enough, right? That's what Jesus was doing with the Jews uh, in in the temple, giving them a wake-up call. Unfortunately, even in that wake-up call, they did not listen. They missed the day of his appearing. They kept on doing what they were doing. And because of that, in uh, AD 70, Titus, the Roman army, came in and, and destroyed the temple. They had opportunity. They had warning. Um, all of that, and they refused. So, uh, but I, I'm I'm thankful for Jesus who comes to us, uh, for the Holy Spirit who speaks, Jesus who will take it to the next level, to uh, help us to get on the right path, stay on the path that we might find His blessing. And that we, in our lives, might be able to bless others. I mean, look, the, the Romans were looking at these guys saying, who are these Jews? They have this, This. they're supposed to be worshiping one God, the God. And uh, what kind of difference is it making? They could see what was going on. Eh, they're just like everybody else, right? Sometimes our choices can make an eternal difference in the lives of others others that God cares about, and therefore he will step in and say, hey, come on, let's get this right. Amen. You glad for that this morning? Amen. Well, let's pray. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you love the people around us that our lives can touch. Thank you, Lord, for the still small voice of the Lord. Thank you for the wake-up calls. Thank you for the consequences, God, all the things that you bring us so that we can have the best life possible and so that our lives can bear fruit for you in the lives of other people. Thank you for that. Touch us, challenge us today. We give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.